Northwest Christian School Online provides online Christian education for any students ranging from kindergarten to 10th grade. The tuition is fully covered through the state of Arizona's ESA program and is affordable for families out of state. You can count on NCS Online for a rigorous, proven online program that establishes a robust biblical worldview for all students. For more information, go to ncsonline.org. That's ncsonline.org. That's the blasphemy. The unforgivable sin. What exactly is this unforgivable sin that Jesus talks about? What is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Kingdom Culture Conversations. Gee, I don't even know what date it is today. Well, it's it's August 31st. (laughs) In reality. Um, But but when this is coming out, we don't know. Yeah, in the fake time that we try to... We present yeah. on our podcast. We don't know. I think. I think you and I it, it, are. Our minds are still reeling from the last episode we, that we recorded from Robbie with Robbie Lashua of Stand to Reason. Yeah. Uh, we just got done recording an episode with regards to Mormonism. And folks, uh, hit the stop button. Go back to listen to that one if you haven't. That was a right. powerful, powerful. Had some good episode. offline talks as well. Just yeah. uh, really eye opening. But it, but it yeah. threw me in a form, and so now I'm I'm kind of spinning. I don't I don't even know what day it is right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, it's Wednesday because Rob is here. Welcome yeah. to welcome <laughs> welcome to what about Wednesday? Yes. Uh, Kingdom Culture Conversations. We're pleased to be joined by Robbie Lashua, the apologist from Stand to Reason, and uh, the premise behind What About Wednesdays is that listeners, students presumably, would be sending in questions. And these questions then we posed to, to Robbie. And so the question about Mormonism uh, was was not so much a question from a student, but it was a question that uh, resulted from myself reading one of your blog posts. But this episode and the next one are both student questions. Today's question has to do with blasphemy. And, oh. and here's what the student said. The student comes to me and says, hey, Mr. Brown, this is interesting to me. When you study Islam, there are a ton of blasphemy laws, right? Not only that, but the consequences of blasphemy, uh, mistreating the Quran, speaking poorly of the prophet, even even representing the prophet uh, in a pictorial form, like uh, certain artists have done in character and in, in cartoons, or misrepresenting the prophet, as uh, allegedly Salman Rushdie did in his book, Satanic uh, The Satanic Verses, right? Mm-hmm. So they take, they take blasphemy very, very seriously. And the student's question was kind of twofold. Number one, why don't we, as believers, why do we not take blasphemy as seriously as do uh, our friends that are in Islam? And then number two, uh, this idea of uh, the point being, I guess, that the student said there's even a passage that speaks to the weight of blasphemy. And this is drawn from Mark chapter 3 verses 28 through 30, and, and I'll set the context a little bit. Uh, Jesus has started uh, preaching within his, his earthly ministry. Mark records very few passages in which Jesus just, it's more like an action gospel. Jesus said this, Jesus went here, he did this, he, you know, just all these amazing things he did. And there's, there's relatively, compared to the other gospels, there's relatively little preaching, but one of the passages that we do find Jesus preaching is in con- is is after he's been accused of being in line with the devil, 
And, and Jesus says, whoa, 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 be careful here, because a lot of sins will be forgiven men except for one. And it's in verse 28 of Mark chapter 3, it says, truly I say to you, all sins shall be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. And then verse 30 says, because they were saying of Jesus, he has an unclean spirit. So that's a, that's a pretty significant consequence. So, Robbie, I guess the question is, uh, as posed by the student, is why do we, as uh, the evangelical church, mm-hmm. why do we not take blasphemy more seriously, or better stated, at least as seriously as our friends in Islam? And then number two, what is specifically blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. It's important to know, it sounds like. It sounds like yeah. we should probably pay yeah. attention. Yeah, so um, a couple of things I, I think of is um, Christianity actually takes sin way more serious than Islam does, any type of sin. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know how much your students know about Islam, but um, in order to go to paradise and have 70 virgins after you die, you need to follow the five pillars of Islam, right? Which is to recite the Shahada, which is how, how you become a, a Muslim, basically, you know, Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. There's only one God and Allah is the name and Muhammad is the messenger. Um, you have to do prayer, ritualistic prayer. Uh, at the, and Muhammad said, if you do it at the mosque, it counts for 25 times that done mm. anywhere else. So you need to go to the mosque five times a day if you really are serious about it. Mm. Um, and you have to do it the right way. You have to wash the way Muhammad washed. It takes about three to five minutes. And then you have to recite the certain passages of the Quran with your arms folded over your abdomen. Uh, you have to do it the right way and bow down. Um, and then you have to uh, give, which they call zakat, which is giving of alms. You give one fortieth of your income every year so that over a 40-year period, you've given away one year's worth of your income. Um, you have to fast the month of Ramadan, uh, which is, is kind of funny. They fast while the sun is up, but when the sun goes down, you can eat and do whatever you want. Um, but they, so they basically just live an inverted life for a month. All the food vendors come out after the sun sets <laughs> and stuff. Nighttime, night yeah. food trucks. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then the last one is you have to do uh, Hajj. You have to do pilgrimage to Mecca once in your life at least. And then once you get there, you have to circle the Kaaba, which is the, um, this old ancient temple where there's a meteorite that they worship somewhat. They all kiss the black rock meteorite. And um, uh, then they have to go to these two hills and run between them and throw rocks at Satan and because they're, they're mimicking what Muhammad did when he went there. So they're all mm. supposed to do that. So you're supposed to do this mm. all the time. The five pillars, you got to keep them, you got to live them, you got to pray, you got to bow down, you got to face Mecca, all of that. And um, what they believe, and a lot of people I know don't know this, but after they pray, they will turn to their left and they'll, they'll salute it, and they'll turn to their right and salute it. And what they believe is that there are two angels on their shoulders. One of them is recording all of their good deeds. One of them is recording all their bad deeds. Mm. And when they stand before Allah on Judgment Day, the two angels are going to take all the good and all the bad, and place them on the scales of judgment. And if they have more good in their life than bad, then Allah can let them into heaven. He doesn't have to, but he can. So technically, you you can have 51% righteousness in your life, good deeds, and 49% bad, and make it into paradise on the Islamic view. On the Christian view, you have to be 100% perfect. Mm. So we take sin way more seriously. 51%, that seems like a pretty lax God when it comes to sin. Our God says no 100% perfection. 
Uh, Jesus' brother said that, right? If you stumble at one point of the law, you're guilty of it all, right? Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Even if you thought about it, you've committed adultery. Even if you thought about it, you've killed your brother. And then they say, well, who can do this? And he says, your righteousness has to exceed the scribes and Pharisees. And the people are like, none of us can do that, man. But that's the point. Mm. We need 100%, which is what Jesus did on our behalf. Yeah. So, so um, it, it, I understand how sometimes it may appear that Islam really takes sin seriously, but that's just because they're trying to get to 51% and work their way in. Uh, Christianity takes sin extremely seriously because God gave something he doesn't have more of to die on the cross for us, and that's Jesus. So this kind of goes back to my, my original logic with, from the last episode. I reasoned that when yeah. you look at the consequences of not believing in a particular faith, the consequences of not believing in Christianity are more significant than the consequences of not believing in Mormonism. Mm-hmm. For clarity on that, go back and listen to that episode. But now I'm going to take those same scales and apply it to Islam versus Christianity. It would appear as though the consequences of not believing Christianity are more significant than the consequences of not believing in Islam. Is mm-hmm. that a is that kind of a, a fair synopsis? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because if you think about, like, I have to have 100% righteousness versus 51%. 51's easier to attain. Yeah. But in Christianity, actually, 100's easier to attain because yeah, Jesus paid you. it all, right? Yeah, right? So, I don't know. It might be easier this way. But, but the scary thing is, is on Islam, even if you have 75% good to 25% bad, Allah still might not let you in because he can do whatever he wants. Wow. There's no logic there. So when you talk about eternal security for the Muslim, there's only two groups that actually have eternal security. They say the mentally handicapped and martyrs, which is why so many of them are willing to blow themselves up. It gives them eternal security. So it's not an, it's not a, sometimes you can look at, you know, Muslim terrorist bombers, right? As like, wow, they're really devoted. No, they're not. They're really desperate. Scared. They're really scared, that, and that's the only way, on their view, that they can be assured their salvation. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's a lie of the devil. Yeah, so interesting. So we go back to that, that question of blasphemy, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it would appear as though blasphemy is not as big of an issue as, as initially it, it might. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, go, if you go to the Old Testament, one of the first commandments is don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain, yeah. right? Yeah. So but, much so that Jews wouldn't even say the word Yahweh. They or, wouldn't even say it. Or write it, correct? Or they, write they would write it. just yeah. the, the YHWH? Think, yes. Do you think our contemporary Christian culture takes that as seriously as maybe the first century Christians took it? No. No. Yeah. No, we don't. Um, but even even when you read through the rest of Mark, right? Um, when you get to Mark 14, and that Jesus is on trial for blasphemy, he's mm. saying he is the name. Um, Caiaphas asks him a really interesting question in Mark 14. He says, you know, because they, they bring all these guys up on trial and no one can get their story straight. It's a joke. And then Caiaphas just says, let's cut through all of this. Are you the son of, do you remember what he says? The blessed one. He's not saying the name. That make sense? Interesting. Because you yeah. can't say the name because it's blasphemy. And then Jesus says, I am. In and Aramaic. The, and the stuff hit the fan there. Yahweh. And then, and then he says, you'll see the Son of Man coming on the clouds. You know, he loses Daniel and the tore their, their clothes. Caiaphas says, but he, as he tears his clothes, what does he say? We don't need to deliberate. You all heard the blasphemy. It's there. He said it. He said it. Yeah. He said the name. Does this make sense? Yeah. So it was a huge deal. 
to them. But notice what Jesus says here. Again, I I don't think we should take the Lord's name in vain. And I don't necessarily think that means cursing and cussing. I think it means making promises based on his name and these other things. But what does Jesus say in this passage? I'm going to read the same passage about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So we're going back to Mark Mark 3, but now in Matthew. Yeah, but it's the same story. But he says something really interesting. Um, When he's talking to them, he says, Therefore, I say to you, this is uh, Matthew uh, where am I at? Matthew 12, verse 31. Therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people. Stop right there. So Jesus says, I forgive every blasphemy except for one. So that's one of the reasons, like, we do have grace. Jesus said he forgives all blasphemy. Mm. So we're not living under a militant religion that'll kill us or harm us if we don't toe the mm. line. We're living under the age of grace. So it's a huge deal. Now, should we take the Lord's name in vain? Should no. We? no, of course not. Should we blaspheme God? No. But man, I feel like my entire life is somewhat blasphemous with the sin I do. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so, so yeah. how how do I clean that up? Like, my heart's deceitfully wicked above all things. I really, I don't even know how despicable I am. And once we're with God, I think we'll realize, oh man, I I was Hitler. I was worse than Hitler. Yeah. In light of this, so again, we need to take sin seriously. But we can't even fix it on our own. We have to have Jesus living in and through us. There's only one guy who lived the perfect life, and mm-hmm. he says that he'll do it in us if we let him. Mm-hmm. So. That, there's all of that. I, he says he'll forgive all blasphemy. So that's one of the reasons I don't think we have to live in fear of it or really um, worry a ton about it. We we shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain and blaspheme. But but what is this about the unpardonable sin? That's what we should talk about next because right. there is one blasphemy that's not forgivable, that's, which that should scare us, right? Yes. And I have talked with so many Christians over the years about what if I just, no joke, I met with this guy last week. He's about 20 years old. Um, and he said, you know, what if I, sometimes I stress out and live in anxiety because I'm afraid if in the future I will blaspheme the Holy Spirit, hmm. which that's, uh, does anybody yeah. else worry about that? Of course. Christians worry about this stuff all the time. Am I really safe? We worry about things that are important to us. Uh-huh. So how do we deal with this passage? Well, again, the context is important. What's going on? Jesus heals a demon possessed, blind and mute man. And then the Pharisees get mad at him about it, right? And I love this. It says, when the Pharisees heard this, this is Matthew uh, 12, 24. When the Pharisees heard this, they said, this man, Jesus, cast out demons only by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. So fascinating. First of all, they admit that he's casting demons out. <laughs> That's awesome. He's He's legitimately doing this stuff. But his power is coming from Satan himself. So Jesus runs a reductio ad absurdum. He shows them how ridiculous their argument is. He says, let's think about this, guys. Every kingdom divided against itself can't stand. That's when Jesus quotes Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, students. Actually, Abraham Lincoln quoted Jesus. Um, Just to make sure. Timeline. That's a good joke. Yeah, check the timeline. I like it. But he says, says, basically, this is stupid. Why would Satan attack Satan? What is what does that help with? You can't you can't battle yourself to gain ground, right? No, obviously I'm not with Satan because I'm casting him out. It's not the same thing, right? Um, and then he gets into this, and he says in Matthew twelve verse thirty, the one who is not with me is against me, and the one who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people, 
but blasphemy against the spirit shall not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the son of man, it shall be forgiven him, which is awesome because all those people mocking him at the cross, right? Even the two thieves. And then one of them gets forgiven and saved. Yeah. Then he continues, but whoever speaks against the Holy spirit, it shall not be forgiven him either in this age or in the age to come. Okay, so we better make sure that we're not committing blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, right? So the whole question becomes, what is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? That's... There was this atheist group online for a while, and they had the blasphemy challenge. I don't know if you ever saw this. I did, yeah. They would come online, and they would say, I blaspheme the Holy Spirit, and I renounce Christianity. And I would watch that, and I'd say, that's not even blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Like, you're not even doing what you're trying to do yeah. with this mocking of, of God. I don't think it's a good idea, but I think people could be forgiven that. So there's debate on what's the unpardonable sin. Some would say that it's observing the miraculous things Jesus did and attributing it to the devil, because that's what these guys just did, right? And maybe the unpardonable sin is is refusing the Holy Spirit and belief in what Jesus is going to do on the cross, which obviously no one gets saved unless you believe in Jesus. That's the one thing you have to do. So it's unpardonable to reject Jesus. Could be about rejection. I think, and again, I'm, I'm up to be wrong about things. I think this is a specific instance where people were seeing in space-time history miracles done by Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, and then they said, that's not God, that's Satan. I don't think we can even do this nowadays because we don't live at that time. We're not seeing the miracles Jesus is doing and attributing it to Satan. So I don't think it's possible for us to do. And the reason why is because if it was possible, don't you think that any of the writers to the New Testament church would have mentioned it? Wouldn't have Paul have told people, hey, and by the way, make sure that you don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. because you'll go to hell forever. Nowhere is it talked about as, oh. as a description to the church of, hey, make sure you're not doing this bad thing. They list a whole bunch of other bad things that we're not supposed to do, but That'd never be this. a big one. Yeah, that's kind of important, That'd right? Be a big one. Yeah. So I don't think it's something that we I've can that. do. I think, it's, I think it's just something that was from the time. Wow. Could yeah. be wrong, but that, that's that's what I think. I, I think uh, a little bit like last week, and I, I hope people are listening and hearing something and learning something. But if you're not, I'm I'm okay because I'm learning a ton, and uh, <laughs> and my my head is still spinning from last week's Mormon episode and now this. And I've heard that about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, like that we probably can't do what we think it is. And, yeah. And I, I back what we said, we think it might be you know using God's name in vain, and and I never thought that, but again. In our sanctification, I don't want to go around using God's name in vain. No, no I want way. to honor God's name. Well, in, in in I think going back to one of the premises you just described, what I've heard also said is that you know what is the Holy Spirit's job description on the planet today? Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. Yeah, and if you reject Christ and effectively embrace all the things that the Holy Spirit is moving you away from, mm-hmm. uh, then you are separated. That's just the consequence of of separation from god yeah so folks please um just uh live life honoring god if you don't know about god look him up he's a he's a awesome awesome life um john 10 10 says jesus came that we'd have life and life to the fullest Mm -hmm. and i know the three guys in this podcast booth have a pretty full life because of jesus well and if you uh, don't know jesus yeah if that's if you're sitting here and you're listening today and this episode's kind of got your attention and you want to talk about it my cell phone number is 623 Two two five 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 seven three six two three two two five 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 seven three, and it would give me no greater pleasure 
than to introduce you to God's own son, Amen. Jesus, as your Amen. personal savior. Amen. Thank you so much for listening, folks. Uh, God bless you all and have a great afternoon or evening or morning. Take care. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.